you call it? It's the Walt effect on people. I think you're just going to have to accept at this point that you started a Minecraft podcast. What's up, Ant Hill? This is Four Color Demon 843 coming at you once again. Episode 4 of the Ant Farm. Welcome. Today, it is our privilege to have the curator himself... What's your four color number? Is it eight five? No, eight three five. There you go, eight thirty five. Wow. You got I it. Believe it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm sorry that I had That's to postpone no on you, but I think just postpone once is better than everybody else. I think I postponed on Luke like five hundred times and <laughs> Jay Sarge a few hundred times. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever have anything going on, so it's not like my time is uh, hard to come by. Well, I appreciate it nonetheless. It's actually uh, interesting. The eight thirty-five. I originally did not get a number that low when I signed up. I think I was having technical problems getting to the site when it first launched, and my four-color demon number was, I want to say, like twelve hundred. Oh. And I was like, "Damn! Oh well. I mean, that sucks." But I wish I could have gotten something under a thousand. But hey, you can do what you can do. Right. And somebody else had accidentally signed up twice, so they actually had two numbers, both under a thousand, and they messaged, I guess it was Tommy back then, and asked if I could swap out, and they were like, yeah, I guess just, you know, we can't be doing this for everybody, but they swapped me out with her number, and I got 835 instead. Nice. So it was a nice little uh, uh, token from another aunt. Yeah, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't, if it wasn't for, I forgot who it was. But someone said, hey, man, they're doing this. You better get on it. And I was like, I'm, I can't do it. They, and they did it for mm-hmm. me. They signed me up and everything. So I think it might, I want to say it might have been groupy, but I'm not 100% sure. That would make sense. Even if you were quick, it was still, I mean, even if you were waiting on bated breath, it was still tough because a lot of people signed up right away. And I think they started at like 600 or so. Okay. They, they clearly sense. blocked off the first good couple hundred numbers, I guess, so they can have it for whatever they need, you know, right. if they have people they want to give numbers to. The lowest I've seen of an ant, I want to say was in the 700s. Um, wow. So I, I don't think they, I don't think anything up to around six hundred or so. I've never seen anything lower than that. Well, cool. I guess eight eight hundred something's pretty good then. <clears throat> yeah, that means that it was right away. You were one of the very first that got in there, or groupie was whoever managed to get it. I'm, for you I'm pretty sure. First. I'm pretty sure it was her. I, I, I have a hard time remembering like last week, much less a couple of years, a few <laughs> four or five years ago, however long it was. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but looking back, it was quite a while ago now. I mean, I've been divorced for five years now, and that just seems so freaking bizarre. It's not even funny, man. I don't... Jeez. Crazy. When was that Walker Stalker? That was 2010, maybe? 16. Really? It was that late? I I thought it was... Yeah. I thought it was uh, earlier than that. That was the first time I met any of the guys. At that point, I was listening to the podcast already for a while, and... I won't get into the whole story because I think I've told it on every freaking podcast I've ever been on. But, (laughs) you know, uh, I came to tell him Steve Dave through I Sell Comics. Right. And uh, one of the only I've ever heard that 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 happened that way. I know. I think I'm the only one. I don't know. I've never heard anybody else. And then he had mentioned on one of the I Sell Comics that 
if you if you're if you don't have a shop next next to you or whatever to uh holler at them and they'll mail the stuff in so i became a reservist a mail-in reservist for about a year or so got to be really good friends with mark and then randomly i was like hey mike when i called him to get my book shipped to me i was like hey man you know what are the odds that i could convince y'all to uh we can meet y'all at a con and you could uh we could surprise my ex and we could (laughs) renew our vows and he's like you know what that's we could do that i'll get i'll get ordained and that's whenever he did the universal life church thing and right and it was it was the walker stalker con like 2016 i believe you know what i have the badge right here over here let me see i'm pretty sure it was 2016 though October it seems like it was longer. 2014. That sounds it was about right. Even then, it sounds it seems like it was longer ago. But I guess man, I've been thinking 2016 like for right. years now. So, mm-hmm. but that doesn't say much because the year that I turned 30, I thought I was turning 29. My mom had to call other people in my family to, to have like an intervention. No, you're turning 30, man. <laughs> oh shit! Wow funny how I, I end up remembering things more based on tell them steve dave years than i do uh, actual years like I, I know i don't know the year that walker stalker was but i know that it was right after they did the episode talking about tara the cat because they in the episode they joked about brian renaming suzanne tara uh, in honor of tara the cat okay and when we when we went i actually had my wife uh, we made up a little name tag that said tara the cat Nobody got the joke though. Nobody got the reference at the at the Walker Stalker. I never looked at anybody's anybody's name tag. In fact, uh, well, the thing is, it's like awkward because nobody wears name tags, and so somebody out of nowhere has a Tara the Cat oh, as a name tag. Okay, I thought okay. it'd be funny, but nobody got it. Yeah, I wouldn't have got it either. Yeah, that was a, uh, and I don't know if I've, I'm sure I probably have thanked you, but y'all were real cool to me and my my ex, and you recorded the whole thing and put it on YouTube for us and that was really cool i appreciate it yeah yeah i remember recording i've had a couple people say mike renewed y'all's vows is that the reason why y'all divorced (laughs) no (laughs) come on people no i've had to have battles with people online just because i said i like daiso comics and they're like what oh i'm like fuck y'all man come on that's awesome you don't anyway uh but that that kind of freaked me out because i was over there talking to mike and he brought my my comics so I, they didn't have to charge me shipping. They just brought my, my <laughs> monthly stat. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but then Stuart, I, for, I forgot his Twitter handle. It's like Stu and then some numbers. And I, I suck Yeah, like it's that. Stu and numbers. I want to say like 62 or something, but I'm probably wrong. And he was like, you, you know, called my name. And I turned around like, what the hell? You know, I've never had anybody just approach me. I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, hey, what's mm-hmm. up? You know, I'm over here with, with Smod Fan and this and this. And I'm like, oh cool you know and then i went over and i you introduced yourself and i'm like smod fan cool nice to meet y'all and then i just walked off went sat down and then i'm like wait a second smod fan from twitter oh great so i got back up and walked back around and said i'm sorry dude you know you said smod fan and i'm thinking well yeah we're all smod fans here we all love this shit you know and it didn't click until maybe 10 minutes later and i was like oh what a rude asshole i'm like yeah okay whatever i gotta go I mean, I don't think anybody would have ever – I would have never expected somebody to recognize me by Twitter name back then. Even now, it would be silly to expect that. But back then, I mean, I was absolutely not known by anybody. Right. Uh, so it it wouldn't have surprised me. Well, I'm still new to Twitter. I only joined Twitter for the ants 
pretty much. Sure. I've broadened my my following to comics and stupid geeky shit like that, but I've, sure. My yeah, my Twitter is explicitly for Tell Him Steve Dave and some bit of video games, but that's actually the entire reason that I do the whole anonymity thing has nothing to do with uh, any like mysteriousness. It's just that I wanted that Twitter to be explicitly tell them Steve, Dave, right. and Ant related and not have anything to do with me and who I am. Right. So it seemed like, why not just use a uh, an alter ego and name? And that's kind of what I'm doing here on this podcast. Sure. I mean, to an extent, because I've already said that I, I host other podcasts. Sure. I mean, obviously, anybody who wanted to know it's not like they'd have to hire a pi to figure out who you right, are right right but i understand what you're doing it's like trying to make it more like just another ant versus well there was um and i think they were probably talking about another podcaster that had a lot of heat and they were saying that they didn't respect anybody who did a podcast about another podcast and they thought it was low-hanging fruit and basically they thought it was stupid and they didn't like the idea of it so yeah and i thought about doing this starting this over a year ago but then I kept that kept ringing in my head, you know, and I'm like, well, so I, when I emailed Walt, there was like five names. Ant Farm was on the list. And I said, this is what I want to do. And it's mostly just for fun. It's I'm not trying to make a name off myself for myself off of you guys. So I'm just going to call myself Ant uh, Fourth Color Demon 843. And he said, sure. cool. And then he said, I like Ant Farm. So that's where right. we're at. I, I still vote against Walt. I'm sorry, Walt, but I still I still liked Cogs. But that's Cogs just me. Cogs in the machine, yeah. Even though where we left off, usually I try to keep track of the start of the conversation. Okay, well, if I didn't figure it out at this point, that was a that was a nice chunk <laughs> of editing. Okay, so let's see what what do I have on the list here. I guess it kind of kills the whole thing of having a format when you actually bring it up. It's supposed to be seamless, but I'll work on that. <laughs> I, don't, I disagree. I think that if it's known in advance that you're going to have a format, it lets people know what they're in, in store for. And by I format, think. I just mean a list of basic questions. And then I ask... Sure. I, ask, I, I, I like that well, idea. Well, before, like the first episode, that's the reason why we ended up doing two with Sarge, is because the first one... I, first of all, I got way too too high and it would i haven't listened to it since i put it out i edited it edited it Mm -hmm. but i i haven't listened to it i hate the sound of my voice also i apologize for the person who's like i get it you have a bad memory you smoke weed (laughs) once again i apologize (laughs) because it's going to probably come up every damn episode so you are at smod fan is that that correct just on twitter or are you smod fan everywhere like i am with my generally name. yes anywhere that i can be smod fan i am uh your name is a little bit less unique or a little bit more unique than mine so smod right. fan is taken on a lot of places so usually it's either smod fan uh, or smod fan 37 in a lot of places okay or curator related i've been using that a lot more lately have you considered trademarking something getting your brand going <laughs> no i have not i actually <laughs> It's funny because there is a um, at TESD fan, and to me that was like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I had had that account. And I actually talked to the guy, and he was willing to give it to me. 
And I did it for half a day, maybe, where I was officially at TESD fan. Awesome. And I couldn't take it because I'm so used to Smod fan. I've had Smod fan for so long right. that I could I couldn't do it. I had to give it back to the guy and switch back to Smod fan. It's a, it takes a long time to get trademarks. I had forgotten all about it because I, I trademarked that name because it's mm-hmm. so unique. Nobody's fucking you know. It's like a yeah a role that's playing character. Unique, yeah. I do tabletop role playing. Man, I will say, uh, I remember listening back to it. Must have been on Always Bet on Geek. I, I don't know if it would have been on anything else, but you guys talking about doing those tabletop yeah. games, and it's one of those things I've kind of always wanted to do. But it feels like you need to have a group of people, you know. And the idea, I remember you said one day that you guys have characters that last like years and years and years. So it's like you're not making a new character each time, and that seemed so cool yeah. to me. It's such a cool idea that like you come to like I've had video games online games where you have the same character for you know a couple yeah. of years and you I've grown so attached to that I can't imagine a fully customized like uh role playing character that you maintain for like a decade it it's mind blowing it seems like it would be so It cool. really is. You would grow so attached to Man, it. Man, I'm we play two games now. We started off in 98 playing um Marvel superheroes. And I started mm-hmm. off uh just basic basic kind of character we 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 were overpowered like our power levels they go from super weak to you know cosmic levels mm-hmm. and we were pretty pretty high up so we should have probably started a little lower but um i was trying to go for the the pun character he was called brett cool his last name was cool because his powers he was a mutant he had water and ice mm-hmm. and his su- his superhero name was sleet because you put water and ice together and you get sleet <laughs> I got gotcha, you. So, yeah. and uh, he could turn into water and all that kind of stuff. But over the decades, like at this point, he just found the mind gym and he has the phoenix power. Mm. And, and I even had a uh, Phil Will. I think it's at Phil Will on Twitter. I think it's Philip Williams. I think he does the Did whole thing. Did he change thing. it? No. Okay. I, I'm bad with Twitter names. I remember. Man. I always thought it was Phil Will, but when I went to type it out one day. I feel like he does the like the whole uh, written out thing. Like I'm gonna have him on sometime, oh. but I, I've so it's it's at Phil Williams. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Half and half. Uh, he's he's awesome. He is a fuck. He's fucking amazing. An artist, and oh, yeah. he's reasonably priced. Um, I've got my because we do two role playing games now. The one the Marvel game I've had I commissioned him to, to do my character for that. And then we play a Star Wars game. Right now, we've alternated back to the Star Wars game. Um, mm. And it's me and Pat and Ryan and our friend Karen. And that's really her name. That's not like the pop. I, I hated it for her that everything that's going on. Oh, the, the whole Karen like thing. what a Karen yeah, has become. I hate it for her that that's the case. But yeah, it's got to suck if you're an even temperamented Karen. It's got to suck. Yeah. And I'm playing a, and he was like a Jedi master back um, before the Clone Wars, before Order sixty six, and he was uh, captured and imprisoned in Carbonite, and he's just now been unfroze, and it's like past Return of the Jedi and all this other crap stuff. I guess it's Legends at this point. It's not part of canon. I, I don't know. There's too much stuff about all that 
but now we're just trying to figure out what's going on in the galaxy. But we've been playing those characters for 10 years or more as well. And it, it's really cool, man. If if you really are interested in wanting to get into it, I can talk to the storyteller. We can try to get you in. Yeah, it's one of those things that, it, I don't know, it's tough. Because I it seems cool and seems awesome, but I don't know that I would ever have time or like... I don't know, I guess just time. I end up, I always say that I don't have time for stuff. What I really mean is at any given moment, I'd rather just be playing video games. I get it. <laughs> I If you want to play a video game, I'll do that with you. <laughs> I don't, we tried the other day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And Luke Luke called it last episode. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if the next person who came on actually liked Minecraft? <laughs> Well, it was ironic because I was listening to that, and I was like, "Man, what are the odds that he says I don't want to talk about Minecraft next episode?" And it's literally the game I'm finishing up right now. Right? Yeah, I was talking to you about the stuff, and it's like I realized that you know, it's like when it comes to martial artists or something, it's like Mike Tyson versus anybody that he fought, or Bruce Lee mm-hmm. versus any. It's like the same difference. I was listening to you talk about Minecraft, and you've only been playing it for what a few months. I have been playing for maybe maybe a month. Oh my god. I've been playing this game for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and you were telling me shit and I'm like, what? Huh? How do you, you do? You Where ever do watch you... uh, King of the Hill? Off and on. but not... There's an episode that it, it reminded me of where they went on vacation to Japan and they thought their hotel room was ridiculously small. And it turned out the entire trip they were out there, they were only in like the entrance to the hotel room. And that's how I feel like with you playing Minecraft. You've been playing for like five years and only just yeah. now realized that like you've only been playing 10% of the game. I, I know. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing for me is it's like Lego. I just like building with blocks. Sure. And as stupid as it is, which it just occupies time, you know, they have the little NPC villagers that run around. And right. on the 360 version where I played, first, the main thing was there was edges to the map. It was a... Oh, finite. really? It wasn't infinite? Uh-uh. No, dude. That's why I'm... I've only had an Xbox One now for a few months. I got it with my uh, part of my stimulus check. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even realize, because since I just started playing recently, I didn't realize that the game was ever not infinite. Yeah. I mean, you get to the edge of the, the map, and it just, you know, you can either not... You just can't hit the block in front of you, or it goes off into water, or something like that. So, and then um, you could only have a set amount of, like, NPCs. Like, you could only have a set amount of horses in the world, or cows, or pigs, or villagers. So I guess it makes sense for the older consoles that just don't have quite as much resource to process infinite stuff. Right. Dude, I have been exploring maps and all this stuff, and it's been taking me... I've been playing on this world, the realm that, that Pat set up for... About three months now, I guess. Hmm. And, jeez, it's it's insane. It sucks because on PlayStation Four you can't do realms. I know. It sucks. Because that's it's a cool idea. It's like a like normally anybody can cross platform play with each other, but you know somebody has to be the host server, and nobody can play unless that person's playing. But with the realms, it's like a steady server that's up, so anybody right. can play at any time, no matter who's on. I feel like what what ends up happening, the reason that Sony doesn't want to allow it, I have to imagine at least, is because what that means is that Microsoft is housing that server. Not you as a player, but Microsoft is housing it. And Sony doesn't want to let you connect to a server that Microsoft is housing. That would be my guess as to why you can't do Realms on PlayStation. Okay. 
that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It still sucks though, because that's definitely obviously more um, desired than a server that the host has to be online in order in order for you to play. Right. And I I know because like uh, one of the guys, one of uh, Ryan, like our our whole role playing group is on it, and then Karen's one of her kids is in it, and then Pat's goddaughter's in it, and then my daughter's plays, but she she gets too overwhelmed. She wants to do <clears throat> she doesn't. She just likes to break shit, pretty much. She runs around and just sure. tears shit up, and it's like, well... I mean, there's there's definitely different types of players. Like, me and my wife probably couldn't have been different. We both decided to play at the same time, and so we're playing in the same world, and there was a moment that was pretty awesome where I'm up on a tower fighting the Ender Dragon and, like, taking damage and falling and almost dying, and I look over on her screen, and she's, like, installing shutters. <laughs> it's like the two different two different types of players. You yeah, know? I've never even been to the end. I did that uh, in creative mode one time, mm. but it's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that. I, I I don't see how you could beat the damn Ender Dragon unless you were in creative mode. It honestly, they it makes it seem harder than it really is. Um, all you really need is you could do it with iron armor and a bow with preferably the infinite bow. enchantment that's right but you don't even i've need never the used a bow enchantment. <laughs> ever oh my god you've been playing minecraft for five years and you never used a bow. never used the bow <laughs> like I've, I've just now gotten to the point where I'm, I'm starting to enchant items wow you know i never dude all i did was just build towns and cities and huge buildings and dug and dug and dug and i mean wow that's crazy i never even really did um I guess since I've been playing five years, I guess about a year ago, I got my first diamond. I learned about... Wow, I, that's, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was crazy until I started this realm, and Ryan, he's been playing for like two months himself, and he's like getting online and figuring stuff out, and, and I'm like, wow, you can do that with redstone? You can do you <laughs> can do this? What? Wow, that's pretty cool. So, jeez. I feel real. I guess ultimately, some people probably literally just play in creative, in which case none of the stuff applies. Discovering anything, it's just all available yeah. to you. So. I I don't like creative. That, that is, it seems like it's cheating I, to me. I like. Sure. I don't know. Um, I feel like Minecraft. I don't think it's like the best game ever, but I will give it credit for it allows for a lot of different styles of play. The people that want to play super hardcore and serious versus people who want to just screw around and build stuff. Uh, it allows for a lot of different variety of play styles. Like I, I always play on hard because I like fighting zombies and skeletons and like they didn't have on 360. They didn't have the fucking whatever those things are called that fly in the air that come down at you. The raids or the phantoms. Phantoms, yeah. They didn't have those things either. I was fucking tripping the fuck out the first time. I was like, what the hell has hit me? <laughs> Right. I never even thought to look up. Yeah, those annoyed the crap out of me for a while until we realized that they're just caused by insomnia. All you got to do is sleep to make them go away. And uh, oh. once we discovered that, they're really not that big of a deal. Yeah, they're basically the game's way of telling you you haven't been sleeping in a while. I think if you don't sleep for three days, they start showing up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Does that mean that they're just figments of your imagination then? They are phantoms. That's, so That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I never really oh, thought about it as just screwing off. <laughs> some people are serious about the game, and some people just fuck off like you do. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's just, that's one nice thing about the game, is it allows you to play lots of different ways. Man. Yeah, I like exploring the maps and doing the map thing, and 
I just found out like two months ago how you can mark mark the maps. Mm-hmm. A- again, that kind of stuff wasn't in the 360 version. So, mm-hmm. like, I have a uh, Excel like a spreadsheet open on my computer with all kinds of different because I keep my coordinates shown on the screen, the X, Y, and Z. Oh, uh, we don't have that have turned on on ours. A dozen. I have like a dozen where it's like a town close by to me is at X this, Y that, so I know how to get back to it if I need to. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to I have do probably it. Probably like five towns, end portals, where the end is, where my city is, all that kind of stuff is all marked. We can't. Uh, I haven't been able to find a, a fortress with with an end portal, and you know, on realms we can't mm-hmm. do the, the 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 kind of cheat to where you can find where the the fortresses are. Sure. Well, you just. Uh, I mean, there's a process to it. I don't. I don't know if you know the process exactly i just I think we were talking about it the other day yeah on, i just on dig down DM. and then dig just digging in lines and then digging a line and then digging a line here yeah i mean unfortunately it, it's just a pain in the ass trying to find a fortress but um, you know i keep going back to 360 it was easier to find one because there was mm-hmm. you know borders so it's almost impossible not to find it if you dig a little while sure the problem is you don't know how high or low it is. The fortress could be on the bedrock, or it could be right up at the top, or anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. I've read that you're more likely to find it going on the lava levels because, no matter how high it is, no matter what why it's at, there are pillars going up to it. So if you go too high, you can be above it where you can't see it. But no matter how low you go, you can always see the pillars leading up. Okay, I'll try that. Because I've I've dug a uh, you know, they say that level 6, around 6 to 12 or so is the best levels for diamonds. So I went down to, right. uh, I think I'm on 6. And I've been well, mining out a whole lot. That's in the overworld, though. Um, in the nether, where you find the nether fortresses, oh, there's yeah. no diamond. No, I was talking about the uh, the overworld fortress. Whatever they're called. Um, well, the Strongholds? The, yeah, strongholds in the overworld, you're probably best off not even looking for until you find another fortress because the strongholds in the overworld could be five, six, ten thousand 10,000 blocks away from you. Uh, they're very, very far apart. Um, so the idea is that you need to make the, what is it, Eye of Enders, yeah. which when you throw them, they go towards strongholds and they point you in the right direction. Do they disappear after you use them? There's a percent chance. You have like an 80% chance to get it back. Um, so, But once you have the ability to make them, you can make a ton of them. Okay. And you need the rods, the blaze rods for those, right? Right. So basically, okay, yeah, that's my you, problem. you have to find another fortress. Yeah. And once you've found another fortress, those blazes spawn infinitely. So you can just keep killing them over and over. As long as you don't destroy, there's a little box that spawns yeah, yeah. them. The you got to not destroy that cage because then you'll you'll be run out of them. But as long as you don't destroy that, you can get blaze rods like crazy, and then man, you I've, get, uh, I've made like a dozen nether portals all throughout all these maps, and I cannot mm-hmm. find a freaking fortress. Yeah, just, I, it man. sucks. It takes <laughs> I can't fucking find it. I think you just gonna have to accept at this point that you started a Minecraft podcast. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I just started realizing that we're 40 minutes in and we've pretty much only talked about Minecraft. No, man. I don't want to do it. <laughs> okay, so uh, we've done your four-color demon number. 
five? Five, yeah. Um, are you advertising where you're from? I mean, Georgia is fine. That's specific enough. When did you, when and how did you start listening? To... So I started listening to Tell Him Steve Dave through a radio show, basically, that came on, um, came on early morning radio, kind of shock jock kind of crap. I thought it was funny back in the day. I realized now it was awful, but I think it was called The Regular Guys, and it turned out they had a podcast, and so I went and listened to their podcast of the radio show during the day, and while looking through the podcasts, I noticed Jay and Silent Bob, and since I was a Kevin Smith fan, obviously I recognized that name, so I downloaded Jay and Silent Bob, and that linked me to Smodcast, and from Smodcast, I heard Brian Walt on the show, so I started listening. It was probably around... I would say me. It was probably around episode 100 or so, give or take. So I wasn't on right at the beginning, but I don't know. I was pretty early, maybe within the first year or two. I love Smodcast. Yeah, I didn't start listening to Smodcast myself uh, for, I mean, it's, it was a while. Because I went lots of podcasts before I got to, to Smodcast. Yeah, I went from Jay and Silent Bob Get Old to Smodcast, and then I branched out and then recoiled back. Like, I branched out and listened to um, basically everything on Smodco for a while, and then I started scaling back and scaling back, and now it's virtually just Tell Him Steve Davis is pretty much all I listen to. Yeah, not me, man, dude. I've been overtiming, because they, they just got to the point where they don't care if we put our earbuds in anymore at work. So I have 10 or 11 hours every night that I can listen to podcasts and I've been binging on uh, I was listening to old episodes of Babylon for a while mm. and then thankfully the Patreon stuff if you're a member of Patreon for Tell Him Steve Dave you get extra episodes and all kinds of cool shit to listen to and Definitely. back catalog and so I've been binging all that stuff I listened to all the Overkill episodes and I realized I hadn't actually heard all the Overkill episodes and I didn't I didn't realize oh, really? that no Apparently, I don't... Overkill, the original Overkills were great. Man, man. they really, really good were. stuff in there. I was, uh... It surprises me sometimes how much, like, canon and lore is in, like, bonus episodes or extracurricular episodes of TESD. You forget when you just listen to everything that a lot of this stuff is not even in the traditional catalog. Yeah, and with, Hell, with me... Get him Steve Dave in the, in the uh, domain name. That whole saga, the Get him Steve Dave in the domain name, how many, started on how Overkill. How many years did that, did that go? It went... It was a couple, wasn't it? No, it was probably less than a year, because it was settled by episode 100, and it started in the Spanish Bri episode of uh, Overkill. Overkill had to be, gosh, I don't know, it had to be around the 50-ish episode. 50-ish, so maybe like a year at the most, but even then, probably not that much. Okay. Because I, I found it, and I, I know it was either, hmm, right after season one comic book men, or right as it started is when I discovered it. I got you. Because in Practical Joker season yeah, one was Yeah, because you said you got on. it from the, you said you got it from the shirts on the show, right? You saw... I remember you mentioned it, something about how you saw Brian on IJ and on Comic Book Men both. No, that was Tuesday that shirts. was Luke who said that on last episode. Oh yeah. Um, me, I, my cousin's a a wrestler, and he poked pointed me to Stone Cold 
And after I listened mm-hmm. to about a hundred episodes of, of his uh, his, I went to Jay and Bob Get Old, and oh, I did yeah, about a yeah, hundred thirteen of those. And then there was a commercial that said, "Hey, if you like comics, try I sell comics with Mike and Ming." And I'm like, yep, "I know yep, those dudes, yep. yeah." And that that went. From I there. remember now. Yeah, I was mixing up you and Luke's story for some reason. Yeah, I got it. It's funny because I know I've heard your yours a couple times, so you would think. Yeah, I, would I repeat myself a lot. Up. That's a that's. They say repeat, you know, you tell your stories over again so you can refine them and stuff like that. But I feel like I tell the story different every fucking time. So, <laughs> in fact, at Ant Farm, I got an email from somebody who requested to be on episode 37 already. Wow. And he thought I was Luke. He was like, Luke, I'm still alive. Everything's cool. Nice to talk to you. I want to be on episode 37. I'm like, sure, no problem. I'm not Luke, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited that people are listening, enjoying it. Even the people who kind of criticize, I'm down. I really like to hear it. I mean, I don't. If if there's anything that annoys people or anything, I, man, help me become a better podcaster. Just sure. just don't be an asshole. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I I, uh, I am oddly uh, because I started that show with Maxwell, and hopefully, you know, we keep going with it. It's yeah, still joints kinda... and joysticks. I enjoyed it. Episode one was pretty yeah. good. It's still up in the air right now because when we started recording, we didn't know it was going to be its own show. It would, the idea was that I just had sent Maxwell a picture of his mic with his recording box right. that are both over at my house now. And I was like, isn't this cool? They're reunited. And he asked if I wanted to come on and do something for his Patreon. And just during the course of the conversation, it wound up being like, well, let's just do this as something separate. And uh, so, But I was thinking to myself that it's like, God, I would love, I would love to see this hit something like Reddit and see hate – because I just want to know. I've never seen hate come towards me, and I really want to see it to know what people would not like. And that's a weird you, thing to want, but I want it. You, you want it until it happens. Because I, oh, I, I, I did it, that man. at first when I first started Always Bet on Geek. And, you know, we don't have bad reviews or anything. But, uh, you know, there was once or twice on Twitter where I was like, you know, anybody who listens, let me know. And they weren't even in the Ant Hill. Probably half the listeners are ants. And now, because I've branched mm-hmm. off so much, we got comics and other podcasts and stuff like that. But, uh, man, dude, yeah, I feel like the I didn't only like some of the shit people ever... said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe that would happen. Maybe I'd get it and I'd turn out hating it. But I don't know. I revel in that stuff. I love it. The only time I've ever really seen hate towards me was just generically like, oh, he's just a fanboy. He's just gonna like whatever Tell Him Steve Dave does. Which is I mean, almost yeah. almost the case, yeah. Me. <laughs> Fan fanatic. I mean, that's the way it is. Oh my God! Somebody who created a Twitter account specifically to be a fan of a show likes that show. Ooh. Breaking news! Yeah, somebody told me that they um they found Ant Farm through Reddit, and I'm like, oh my God, hmm. are they are they bashing us on on Reddit already? <laughs> are they talking about how fucked up I am or something? I go on there maybe. I don't know, once every two weeks or so just to and look through and see if there's anything particularly interesting. Because I know that Walt goes on there sometimes. And okay. I like to see, you know, has he been on there? Has he said anything? It's pretty infrequent, I feel like. But I think I did see, I want to say Luke may have posted it, uh, posted it up there that the show you guys did. Okay. I didn't click on it, though. I, I don't know what the reaction was, but that would make sense. Maybe somebody saw it there. I, I started a, a Reddit account for that page fucking years and years ago now and i never really get on it because like when i first got on it i was 
I interacted. I made a post, maybe maybe two posts, but I was like, um, thinking to myself, it's like I thought y'all were fans of this show. Why? I mean, that was just so. I didn't. Granted, I didn't read every thread and any of that kind of stuff, but the first like eight of ten were just like bashing and hating. It was like, what? I don't want to be here. <laughs> what the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. That that Reddit went from being. It went. It was pretty normal for a while. Lots of people fought for it to be a good place, and I think just the people who were trying to make it a positive place kind of just abandoned ship at a certain point. That's what. And it, seemed... it went to be where the most negative and loud voices were the ones getting heard most. And I don't know. It is what it is. That's how Reddit, for whatever reason, always seems to wind up. Like if you ever join a Reddit for a band or something, it winds up becoming this weird thing where like if you like the subject of the Reddit, people criticize you for it. They're like, "Oh my God, look at this guy! He actually likes the band that which we have a Reddit yeah. of." And it's really weird. Huh. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not bad mouthing people. People got to get their their angst and whatever out somehow, somewhere. I mean, but it, it's just I don't know. It's just weird to me. Yeah, Twitter's probably. been getting like that too. Like, you notice a lot of the, the OG right. ants, if you don't hear from them anymore either, hardly. Yeah. The thing I like about Twitter versus something like Reddit, I guess, is that you can crop and manually prune your feed to be exactly what right. you want. Versus if you're subbed to the TSD Cares Reddit, it's like you kind of, you just see whatever gets posted. I, I guess maybe you could block specific users. I don't even know. But that seems like it would be a hassle. Yeah. I, I hate blocking people on Twitter unless they specifically get super crazy hateful. I just, I, I mute mm-hmm. people. And with my main account, sure. I had a fucking mental breakdown a year ago or a year and a half ago. or Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unmed, unmedicated bipolar and I just use weed to medicate myself. And that's not necessarily the best thing for bipolar. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so maybe like once a year, I'll have a freaking just meltdown. And I like unfollowed everybody down to like 37 people. And then I was like, then I had people threaten to kick my ass and stuff. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Like, if I see you in Jersey again, I was like, dude, you are, you don't, you're barking up the wrong tree right now, dude. You, you just. I have definitely had a couple people <laughs> that have asked like, why don't you follow me? Or why did you unfollow me sometimes? And it, I just, I can't imagine ever, ever reaching out to somebody to ask them why they aren't following me it i couldn't imagine ever asking that question i want to say maybe maybe i've I've done that once or twice whenever i would talk to somebody just, a whole I, lot and then one day i noticed they weren't following mm-hmm. me and i couldn't dm them or something i'm like hey what happened what did i do because then there's sometimes where i'll go to talk to somebody or respond to something and i can't because i'm blocked and i'm like wait what Mm-hmm. I've never talked to you. Oh sure, I could. I guess that maybe I'd have to. I'd have to reform and say maybe if it was a situation of of somebody that I talked to a lot, and then all of a sudden I'm not being followed anymore, then maybe I would ask like, "Hey, did something happen?" But I'm talking more like I guess people feeling like, "Oh, so am I not good enough because you don't follow uh, me? Am I not an aunt because you don't?" I've had people say that that it's like, "Oh, so you only you think only the people you follow are ants, and if you don't follow, oh, them, they're really? not." And I'm like, come on. Clearly, that's not oh, the wow. case. I didn't know that anybody came at you like that. Yeah, I think people view it as me trying to make a judgment call. If I don't follow you, then that's some kind of judgment versus the reality. It's like, dude, I follow like 80 people. 
there what are the odds that out of the millions of people you know i only follow 80 it's just people that i particularly know like or talk about tesd right you know i don't know i don't know what what i post about anymore because I'll, I'll go through phases like i'll just retweet a bunch of stuff from people and sure. a lot of it won't have to do with tell them steve dave i think that's the reason why some people don't follow me anymore but like mike Mike used to follow me, and he don't follow me anymore either. And I didn't, I didn't call him up and be like, "Hey, dude, what the heck, man? What's, what's, I what mean, the fuck, damn. man?" Yeah, for me, it, it, the person doesn't have to always be tweeting about Tell Him Steve Dave. There's just a couple rules, which is like, for one, the biggest rule is they can't be somebody that tweets about oh, politics. Yeah. Even if I agree with you, even if I one hundred percent every agree with once what you're in a saying, while, I just that's not what my that's not what my Twitter's for. My Twitter's I, for I have Steve Dave. here in the past couple of months. I know I've retweeted probably a couple of anti anti posts. Mm-hmm. I don't go politics or religion. That's a, something I've learned a long time ago. Sure. I honestly, to me, a standard retweet I don't mind because I'm going to tell you right now. I follow eighty something people. Every one of those eighty people I have retweets turned off for, so I can't see what you retweet. I can only see okay. if you comment on it. So you can retweet politics till the cows come home. Yeah, generally I turn that off. Uh, I turn off the retweets. I, but you can't turn off the the retweet with comment. That's something okay. you can't turn off. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. I never for do that either. Stuff. I'll just retweet normally. Okay, well mm-hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> I didn't even know that you could just turn people's retweets off. That would thin the, because that was the main one of the reasons I unfollowed yeah. like everybody. To begin with, it's like, I mean, why follow a thousand, fifteen hundred, whatever people, if now you don't ever look at your feed because there's too much, you know, in it, and there's no way you can get through it all. It's like, well, why even bother mm-hmm. having an account if you're just gonna only retweet or only respond to people who tag you and stuff? That just makes me seem like an asshole. Right. <laughs> One of the big decisions I made a while ago, early on in Twitter for me, was. With my following list, I want to be able to reasonably read everything everybody that I follow tweets in a day. So if you get up to like 500 people, right. that's never going to happen. You're not you're not going to read everything. But right now, if I follow you, I can guarantee, unless you tweet a word that I have muted, I can read every tweet that everybody I follow puts out. Well, in that's a day. good. Yeah, I don't know. I I just got used to the to the idea of not like ant farm is easy because it's new but then like always bet on geek i followed as many people as i could so that they would follow me back and then then i found out you could only follow x amount of people until you get x amount of followers and then you can follow more people and really i didn't know that yeah i think it's like you can follow five thousand people maybe it's two thousand you can follow a couple thousand people and then you have to have more followers before you can follow more people I may be wrong, but yeah, it's like 5,000 people and uh, I don't know, cause I can't do more than 5,000 and we have like 20, almost three, almost 2,600 followers. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess, I guess it makes sense to a degree, but I didn't know that. I mean, and again, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I figured that out. So do you have a favorite episode? Yeah, for sure. I think my favorite episode has always been the Pod Wars twofer episode. So you get, it's technically two episodes, but Pod Wars, uh, for a couple reasons, it's 
obviously big game shows. I've always loved game shows whenever they do them on the show. Yeah, me too. And Pod Wars is one of the bigger ones. Plus, Pod Wars was really monumental for us ants because that was still pretty early on. The ants didn't even exist yet. That was TESD Army days. Oh, and when, what? Sorry to interrupt you. What episode was the the episode where he said ants? Um. Oh Lord. It was in the I know first. He brought it up originally on Welcome to the Machine with Dave Windorf when they brought up being automatons and how you shouldn't tell your kids they're special. But they that was not in that episode. That's not referring to listeners. He didn't use the ants to refer to listeners until a while later. I want to say it was. Gosh, I don't remember the episode, but I know it was in the hundreds. So around Pod Wars era, we were still TSD Army. And that was the time that a bunch of us ants got together and we raised enough money to buy the team name of Tell em Steve Dave. So I was in that, that group that raised the money to buy the name. And so it was really cool. It was one of the first times I had kind of gotten together with other ants and done something. And since then, you know, I've had a lot of interaction with ants and it, it's really opened stuff up for me. Which kind of segues to, you know, and I keep keep trying to remind myself if you point out a segue it's not a good segue but um, (laughs) have you ever met any ants in the wild like not gatherings and you go to meet i think that no definitely not just rand oh actually i'm wrong yes once randomly in the wild and i didn't meet them technically it was really cool where i was at a gas station and i had of course my tell steve dave shirt on and as I'm leaving, I just hear somebody that's coming through crossing me go, tell him, Steve, Dave. And like I turned around and I didn't know who it was, but I eventually saw the person. We both just like kind of gave a nod to each other. And then I walked out of the store and we didn't talk at all. Oh, fuck that. But they saw the, I they saw the shirt said, tell him, Steve, Dave. Like, hey, come here and talk to me a second. Holy shit. <laughs> I also had a guy once at a restaurant I went to. I, I, Lord knows, I forget which restaurant it was. But the waiter, he recognized my shirt. But he didn't know Tell Him Steve Dave. He knew comic book men. He had seen the shirt before, oh. either on that or IJ. So it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I kind of know what that is. But it wasn't for Tell Him Steve Dave. Right. Yeah, that was that's pretty good. I always thought it was the first time I saw Q with the shirt. That really tripped me out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whoa, they're doing it. They're really doing it. Mm-hmm. I love how every now and then on IJ you would see Q wearing a Tell Him Steve Dave shirt that doesn't exist yet. Like, I remember one point, he just was wearing, like, that the Fang, fang one, yeah. Steve Dave shirt. Everybody's like, what the fuck is that? How do we get that? Yeah, I remember people on Twitter. And then, what do you know, it up. shows up on Bandcamp. Wow, that was awesome. I remember, because, you know, Q, Q talked, because I, I didn't, um, when, when I learned about Tell Him Steve Dave, I didn't listen to the newest episodes. I started at one. Mm-hmm. So sure. whenever I... You know, I missed a lot of the... If I would have just started listening to the recent episodes and then went back, I would have been able to have mm-hmm. been a part of a lot of the stuff. Like, I had missed right. all the booty times almost, and, like, the Cryptozoic Man. Though I have, like, Ooh. every issue and multiple variants and all this other stuff, I wasn't there for the initial... Or I was there, but I was behind. Right, yeah, that's Like, sucks. I was part, part of the podcast, but I was two, three, or... No. Maybe, man, I want to say I was there for year one for sure, but time is so fucked up for me, dude. <laughs> I would always suggest to people if they're going to start, 
obviously start on episode one, but as you're listening to the back catalog, I would still suggest you listen to the newest episode as it drops. I would do that too. I wouldn't have, I would have said opposite before, mm-hmm. but now absolutely. There will be a reference or two that you don't get most likely, but it, it isn't going to make the show unlistenable because you don't get a couple of the references in the newest episode. But you may right. miss out on awesome stuff if you're trying to go through what now like 450 back catalog episodes. That's crazy. Well, that's just the regular show. And at this oh, point sure. now, that's not even Overkill or Pucknuts. And you know, I, and I hate to admit it, but I haven't heard all the original Pucknuts episodes. Oh man, I there, got there's... through a majority of them. But then at work, they cut off our our earbuds, mm-hmm. and then I forgot all about it. And then when we started listening to it again, like now. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Dude's like mm-hmm. in 1,500 something episodes because he does like two or three a week. Yeah, yeah. That's and he's heard. got people from comedians to Elon Musk to Tyson. I mean, just so many fucking people from all. Sure. Anyway, this isn't about Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> How about least favorite episodes? Is that something we want to talk about? Uh, sure, we can do least favorite. It's tough. I mean, obviously, there's not really... The only things I could go to or the, the kind of easy answers, which would be stuff like the two different episodes that were like 15 and 17 minutes just because they're short. And But if I had to say one that's not because it's short, it'd be maybe Goathead Soup, which was 175, I want to say. I could be wrong on the number. But that was one where they almost didn't even release it because the audio was really messed up. So even on the release, it's just super staticky, and it's tough to listen to. The content's fine, but it's tough to listen to because it's really staticky. And they knew it was going to be that way, and they gave a little warning in the beginning, like, "Hey, this is going to be really bad audio, but if you want to listen to it, feel free." Beyond that, uh, I guess if I had to pick a least favorite episode, not based on something technical like that. Maybe there was an episode right after Pod Wars, actually, the episode after my favorite episode, where um, they, it was a really weird scenario where we had the TESD HQ forums back in the day, the TESD Army forums, uh-huh. and somebody from that forum went rogue and like told Brian that we're going to start making shirts whether you like it or not, basically. Oh. And it wasn't me, it wasn't Charlie, it wasn't anybody who ran the site. We don't, actually to this day, I don't know who it was. And so on this show, Brian basically said, like, you guys all need to shut this shit down, stop making shirts, and was really, like, aggressive. And it, it, it wound up bringing a lot of blowback on us on that website. It ended up basically shutting the thing down. But Brian had no idea. He just gets an email saying, I'm from this website, basically. And he put the email on Twitter one day that Brian did, and it's like, we all look at it and we're like, that's not any of us. Who the hell wrote this? And so it was just some rogue person. And it, it just kind of sucked because it threw a lot of negativity on that site and on me and on Charlie, the guy who used to run the site with me. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the show was fine, but just the fallout of that show kind of sucked on us. So yeah. I guess that'd be least favorite, maybe. That was about the time that they got onto the people about the shoes, too. Right. Yeah, that was kind of when they started cracking down on everybody. <laughs> that was a shame, too. Steve like, Dave merch. Couldn't you have just waited three weeks? Because I was next <laughs> in line to get a pair of ant shoes made. <laughs> was that the, um, Lord, was it Eclectic Goods people? Eclectic Goods. They're still going. They, they do good work because I ended up. Yeah, I remember seeing them, and they were cool as hell, those TESD shoes. You know, man, and I don't think I've told this. When I went to the stash the first time, um, we were there for a week, and Mark was still around. 
I ended up uh, taking my 401k out and I ended up having to quit my job at FedEx to go because mm. in the last minute they told me that I couldn't go. Well, and sucks. if I, if I hadn't done that, I would have never met Mark in the first place because the next mm. year when I went for, to be on comic book man, he wasn't around anymore. Wow. So, but, um, we were there for a whole week and that was the one day where, uh, when, uh, Walt brought me back that cryptozoic man sketch of the of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I had spent more money than I care to talk about. So, um, but Mark had told me, as long I'm working this day, whatever day it was, I forgot. He's like, you know, you can come in here and open the store up with me, and I not technically opened it with him, but you could come in here and stay from open to close if you want, and right. My God, I was sitting there for however many hours. And there was a couple times when Walt was there, and they kind of walked up on me, but I was just standing there just looking around. I was just, like, in awe. And they were, like, right. trying to talk to me, and they eventually, Mark was like, hey, buddy, what's wrong with you? Are you high? I'm like, no, actually, I'm sober. And they're, like, they're like making fun of me, I can tell. But I think they appreciated the fact that I was, I was really, I wasn't faking it. <laughs> you know, sure. that was, it was for real. I felt so sure. stupid after that moment, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, I it, made a trip out to the stash. Um, it was when Mark was around too. I remember, and it was God. It was eighteen and a half hours to drive up there. It was only supposed to be twelve hours, but we hit horrible traffic the whole way. Oh, that and... sucks. I was fixing to say you're closer because it took me. It was supposed to take me eighteen hours on the drive, but I, I took a four hour nap at a rest stop because I, oh, I yeah. just couldn't handle it, man. It was driving by myself and I you know of course smoked too much and I was like I cannot open keep my eyes open anymore <laughs> and someone s- stole like the bag of ice that I had next to the car and it's like dude really yeah it was and I interrupted you and I, I'm sorry I'll let you get back to your story when I got to the stash Ming walked up to me he's like man oh first Mike was like you're fucking crazy as shit I'm like hey how y'all doing good to see <laughs> What's y'all up? again and then Ming walked up and he said, uh, hey, I heard uh, heard you were sucking a little cock on the way over here, man. I'm like, I, I kind of stand up straight and I looked at Mike and looked at him. I'm like, what the, f- what? What are you fucking talking about? He's like, you staying at rest stops and stuff? And I was like, oh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've been keeping up with what you're doing. You're, you're freaking crazy. And Mike's like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, I didn't. It really freaked me out. I was like, you heard your second dick? And I'm like, oh my God, what? Who's been... How did what? you hear? No. <laughs> don't. I don't want that starting. Good Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to what you were saying. I apologize. I'm bad about that. No, you're good. What was I? Oh, I was talking about the time I went up there. So yeah, we had just a long drive up there. And when we got there, Mark had been seeing all the tweets that of me going up there. And he met us. And Mark was the kind of guy that's awesome where if you were shy, he would be like overly um yes like energetic i guess to help bring you up and he would tell he could tell that we didn't want to like bother walt exactly and he's like oh screw that hold on i'll go get him Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna let you leave without getting to like have some experience you know the moment yeah and so he was great with that and we did kind of what you said where we spent an ungodly amount we spent a ton of money in there and when i went to the counter to check out Walt had left a piece of Cryptosoak art for me up at the counter too. Sweet. And it was awesome. It is great. And we stayed for 
two or three days. I forget how long we were up there, but it was awesome. We went to the stash pretty much every day, and Mark would be there all the time. And I went to Surf Taco, and Mark comes over to Surf Taco to like see how we're doing, see how our trips go, and it was it was pretty awesome. He was one of a kind, man, for real. Oh yeah, the, the, definitely. The, it wasn't the same when I went back. I mean, you know, maybe because they were actually filming the show and things were different, but mm-hmm. and it just. It was the stash, and I'm not t- saying nothing bad about it, but it just wasn't quite the same. Sure. I think it, it with Walt's personality, and I don't know how it is with Gidham because I haven't been up there since Gidham's been working, but with Walt's personality, it's like you kind of need somebody that's going to go out and get the person that's coming into the store. Because right. Walt, a lot of times, is not like he doesn't want to talk to you, but he's just kind of shy standoffish he doesn't engage with people as much get him was a little so you bit needed like a mark when i met him he was a little standoffish too but you know and i he he i mean you know whatever they say you know about him he was he was cool i mean he took sure. pictures with me and stuff and that was cool but you know he wouldn't have volunteered it i don't think mm-hmm. so i mean yeah, I met Gidham when, when I went up there the first time. This was before he was working right. there when he was just a, a known name, I guess. And I wanted him to sign my vinyl cast. He's the main picture on the vinyl right. cast one. And I met him over at that. It's a bar that's close to the stash. I forget the name of it right now. But it used to be the there. bar he always goes to. They, they remodeled it and changed it to something different a few yeah. years back. I gotcha. But yeah, I met him over there and we hung out for... Maybe like an hour just sat there, and then he came out and signed my vinyl for me, and oh, he was a cool that's guy. That's cool. I think when he's not being needled by somebody, he's a lot calmer. Like, he was on uh, Chuck's podcast recently, the, doing the TESD history. Yeah, I, don't know if you I, have, I haven't that. heard it yet, no. But it's like, it's a lot what, more calmer. Because what was on calmer. it right before that? Mm-hmm. And so Giddem was a lot more like... I don't know what you would call it. It's the Walt effect on people, though. Sunday Jeff as well, where it's like they just they lose all ability to like make good sentences when Walt's needling them. <laughs> and w- without Walt there, get him sounds completely normal. He doesn't sound like he has all kinds of intricacies or anything. So I think Walt brings that out. Do you think it's an people. act? Do you think it's for tell him Steve Dave, or do you think it's really no. just Walt does it to him? No, I don't think it's for, te- I don't think it's an act because if you listen to the very first appearance, the Spanish Bri episode, you can hear it and get him that he has a hard time when he's being like pressured to give an answer to something. He has a hard time like, uh, getting nervous oh, about answering stuff pressure, like the that. Pressure. Okay. I think he, he probably gets that kind of anxiousness is my assumption at least. And, uh, with it more laid back environment where people aren't needling him to give answers to stuff i think he can be a, a lot more eloquent and doesn't it doesn't give off the get him vibe you know right right i know i mean i was just happy that i mean shanny was willing to come and hang out with me because i was literally just walking the streets of red bank by myself and i i had this sure this i know cool, that feeling and it, it was like a cool idea that i had but i misunderstood what pat was saying and it ended up being i was gonna make like a little documentary of my trip down to the stash, mm-hmm. being on Comic Book Man, and then my trip home. <laughs> but, and Pat was like, take, take, you know, just little bitty clips, small clips of video here and there, and we can edit it all together. And mm-hmm. we, So I'm making like 10-second 10 10, 10, 10 clips and stuff, and that, that wasn't, that was too fucking short. He's like, no, I'm talking about like That's two pretty short. Minutes. And I'm like, dude, you know me. You've known me for 20 years. You, you know, you know. You should. You have to explain things like I'm a kid sometimes. 
You sound like you're trying to make like a vine compilation or something. <laughs> right. And then so like I would like just have me passing by the welcome to something something. And then, you know, a couple more states uh, or cities up I'd do and then when I was there I'd take a ten second clip of me walking down the street and then, then I'd do mm-hmm. the I'd show the Count Basie and then I'd show this and but it was really all just wasted yeah. i mean I that's good a... stuff to have in conjunction with longer clips exactly you know it's yeah. like feed between the clips but if that's all you have that would be that would be tough to make something out of i feel like i have a couple of maybe 30 second clips on the set like with them in between takes oh, nice. and stuff like that but it's nothing it's just uh them just playing around like mm-hmm. being acting like he's being choked or I don't even know because it's so because I'm showing around the store I'm looking at the store and then I kind of went over if I would have thought about it because you know I signed the the, the NDA if I would have mm-hmm. really because I was so nervous I I wanted I, I should have just asked him if I could record some stuff I've already signed the thing so you know I won't disclose this until after the episode or and you know what I'm saying I, I don't have a problem with any of that stuff just so that I could have some footage to look back on, but... Sure. Okay. See, I realized that I end up sidetracking us and losing track, and so it's a good thing. I mean, that's how, that's how it works. You end up sidetracking. You've met, you've met all of them, right? Yes, I think I've met everybody. Except, I mean, technically speaking, I've met Q, but only in as much as we were at a What Say You show, and he came out to sign stuff. So you kind of take a picture with him. He signed something. Personally, I don't really, I wouldn't call that meeting somebody exactly, but I've met and had com- conversations with Brian Walt. Yeah, man, they're they're really awesome. I haven't had lots of like interaction with Brian. Mm. I, I I I don't know. I, I don't guess I really tried too much, but I sure. I think that it surprisingly enough it is back ass words as it would seem Walt at this point now has like the most interaction with ants it seems like early on that would have been the opposite of the truth right. but you know Walt's always out and about now on Twitter and I feel like Walt generally responds to most people's emails and he's pretty interactive with people okay, okay. a few people I've talked to when I say that he answers my emails they're like what I'm like what well, is that a big deal does he not answer emails I mean what the hell <laughs> I, I think he generally does answer most emails i would imagine if it's like if it doesn't if it's either asking for something show related he usually won't like if it's saying hey can i get permission to do this a lot of times walt won't because i think he leaves that up to bry more i don't know why he feels like the standard tell him steve dave is more bry's thing versus patreon i feel like is more walt's thing okay okay so i've actually sent emails to walt asking like hey would you guys would you guys be okay if i did x and I think sometimes he's afraid to answer for all of them. Gotcha, gotcha. So I think he doesn't answer those emails a lot of times. But if it's just like, hey, you know, I had a question about this, or even I loved this thing, a lot of times Walt will give you an email back. Okay. That's actually, thinking about it, it's actually happened to me two or three times, and I think it was, and I didn't catch a hint until the third fucking time. Um, three times over the past couple of years, I have requested that he do... Three Six Mafia on Two Life Crew or One Middle Aged Jew. Oh yeah, and those are the only emails that he just never responded to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's this band. I think it would be fucking awesome to hear Sunday Jeff do that." 
And that's why I, in the last episode with Luke, whenever he did the Sunday Jeff impression and did one of the three, six mafia songs, I had to oh, yeah. edit out and mute me and then silence, like reduce the sound on a lot of my laughter. Cause I was laughing so fucking much. You couldn't even hear <laughs> him anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't keep the right. shit together. It was awful. I mean, it was funny in the moment, but when I went back to edit, I'm like, God, man, you're so loud. Would you put your good. face right on the mic? What the hell was wrong with you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I remember though the the first being blown away like the first time I get a response by Walt from an email, and it's like oh my god, and now it's like I mean I I guess he responds to most people and most of the times I've emailed him now he's responded and I guess it doesn't feel as like amazing. It's always amazing, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. This. This was a question for Jay Sarge on the very first episode, but some of these kind of questions I'm just going to adopt into the question asking because this was mm-hmm. a funny one. Um, if you were stuck on an island with anyone from TESD town, who would it be? Hmm. So I would take that as as TESD town is in like official members of the show or extracurricular somehow involved with the show. I would show. say the people involved in the show or the ants. Because some people have chosen ants already, so. Because I'm thinking stuck on a desert island. I'm not thinking about who I would get along with the most necessarily, because to me it would be about survival. Survival, right? <laughs> and surprisingly enough, I feel like I would go get him. I feel like of all the people in the TSD town, he has a lot of like knowledge and Boy Scout kind of survivability knowledge. I feel like he would be a good person to have on a desert island. Yeah, he does kind of seem like a jack-of-all-trades. Like, he knows sure. a little I mean, bit about a whole bunch of stuff. He doesn't know, right. like, a whole, whole lot about every. You know, I mean, that's that's not a bad person to have around. Yeah, and I mean, he's or, done, maybe, obviously, um, from the bottle dump days. He knows how to get through the woods. He knows, I'm sure he knows, because uh, I want to say, this is me saying something I should know for a fact, but I, I'm pretty sure he said that he did Boy Scout stuff as a kid. Okay. Uh, and so it wouldn't surprise me if he's, like, he seems the kind of person who would enjoy learning survival type stuff as well. So I would assume he has pretty good knowledge of that kind of thing. That's cool. I don't, I think I'll wait another episode or two and think about who it would be. Cause I have no idea, but get him's a, get him's a good, a good one. Cause I never thought about that. Cause I was thinking one of the guys, but I, I'm sure. maybe, maybe Q but I don't think he's more of a survival in a city environment instead mm. of survival in, in, you know, wilderness kind of environment. Sure. Yeah. I feel like Walt would not be able to do anything because he, <laughs> no. he doesn't have chicken fingers or pizza on the island. He, he would like starve to death. Yeah. I would just like immediately kill himself. Right. Yeah. He, and a downer. Q. I mean, I, I guess if it was of the three, Q would probably like help out the most and be the most survivable, but. Maybe but Mike, because he's been oh, yeah. Pre- yeah, you're not wrong. Mike would stuff. be a good choice. Maybe Mike. Mike but would I'm, be a good choice. I don't know if he, he's been, because he's been prepping and learning and studying and stuff for years mm-hmm. now, but I think it's more of like urban survival kind of situations is what he's preparing for, and there's maybe a difference there. Hey, Mike also is a trained chef, so he would be able to That's cook you some true. stuff on the island. You know, and I don't guess he's done it in a while, but his hot sauce was fucking good. 
Oh yeah, I always wanted to get a bottle of that. Like I got, uh, I had for I the have a couple of bottles. Yeah. I, I can send you an empty bottle. I got one extra one. That'd be cool. I, there was one on eBay once, and it wound up going for more than I was able to uh, to pay for it. But Oof. I always thought that'd be a cool thing to have in the on the shrine is a bottle of Mike's hot sauce. Oh yeah. Oh, and that's that reminded me um, because I was already in line for the ant shoes, the army ant shoes for the eclectic goods. Mm-hmm. And I already I already paid for them. So I ended up getting, um, I sell comics, eclectic good shoes made. Did you post those? I feel like I want to say I'm, you've seen I'm those sure, before. I'm sure I have. Yeah, uh, I feel I'll, like I've seen those. I will again, just to enforce that I'm, I don't know, people can tease me if they want to because I'm an I, I sell comics ant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're I right. I don't think there's anything weird or wrong with listening to ISL comics it's just crazy to me that that would be the starting point for an ant like it seems so backwards that that would be a starting point it's such an awesome like different story versus most ants and that's maybe the reason why Mike and Ming kind of took to me right off the bat because they're like really mm-hmm. as much as people give us hell yeah come on dude you're cool I it's mean, so maybe, hard not to know. slip into TESD mode and be like, oh, they probably liked it because, you know, it's one of the three listeners or something like that. Right, yeah. I've had people actually tell me that. It's like, oh, you're the listener of t- uh, Isoka. I'm like, mm-hmm. It's such a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, and and that's why I don't care. But there's been a couple times where, like, I heard, um, and I have recorded it because uh, fucking I had to. On one of this morning shows, it was Mike Ming and Mark. And he was talking about how Mike was talking to them, something about how he, he doesn't block people, but there was an instance where he did block a dude who, uh, where they were like, you know, it, it was this guy. And he was like, oh yeah, this guy. And then Mark said it, and Ming was like, yeah, we love you, man. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm record, I'm recording this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make this into a bumper or some shit. This is this is awesome. Yeah, I remember the first. Uh mention on TESD freaking blew my mind. Man, I, that's I, that's like, the goal. I would love to to do that. I, I was that would be awesome, yeah. But I don't have any talent or any kind of in anything to really just offer. Sure. I mean, I didn't nothing that I had done was when I got mentioned the first time wasn't about talent or anything. It was when they were doing announcing Patreon. And the joke was that a loyal fan, somebody who really likes the show was going to hang himself because they started doing Patreon. Oh, and they mentioned you. That was the first time? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I want to say it was Walt that was like, Smod fan, no, don't. Yeah, I remember I that. I thought I was going to hang myself. I thought that you had been mentioned before that. No, I mean, technically, once before that on Pod Wars, but that was just when they're reading out all the names, which doesn't really count, I guess. Oh, okay. And then it was weird. It was like a slew where it was within... 10 episodes maybe there were four or five where i got mentioned and i'm like what the hell is going on and walt even mentioned it at one point he said he's like uh fitzman used to be oh you're the new fitz he, huh? of course that didn't last i still think fitz definitely has it over does, me does fitz, is fitz like, still listen i would i feel like i would assume so he's not super active on twitter or anything as far as i've seen but I, i've never seen him not listen he 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 jumps in sometimes for the the nerd blitz stuff cuz he does mm-hmm. the nerd blitz with Scooby Doom. Sure, sure. It's a good podcast. Yeah, I've listened to it. I mean, I don't want to get, you know, whatever. It's a good they're they're good dudes. I really like them both. If mm-hmm. if y'all have time after tell them Steve they check out the nerd blitz. 
Remember Fitz has got probably one of like the most holy mentions you can have on the show where they mentioned that they would consider stopping the show if they ever heard he stopped listening, that they would maybe just have to cancel the show. And that's a pretty fucking wow. up there mention to get. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember they mentioned him a bunch early on. Mm-hmm. Sure. But man, since. Okay. I'm going to say. I think it. he became just the staple of like whenever they needed to mention the listeners, it was the staples. You could go to Fitzman. That's like a representation of the listeners. Right. Yeah, I, I binged them all. So they all kind of run together. That's when someone's like, do you remember what episode mm-hmm. this and this? I'm like, no, dude. I didn't even look into the names of them. I just listened to like. Yeah, you know, five to eight of them a night, and just after a couple of months, I made myself up to whatever number they were on. I think by the time I sure. actually caught up, they were in the nineties, but I think I, I started in the fifties. Yeah, I remember usually episode names, but not numbers. I'm terrible at remembering episode numbers, but because the name is usually based on what was in the episode, that I can usually remember the episode names. Right. I'm always amazed by you and Groupie. Mm-hmm. I think she has a better, like, encyclopedic knowledge. She can give you numbers, like episode numbers, real quick. And I more just, I remember kind of the canon of it all. Like, what blocks fit into what places, who said what, and how each event went down. But I'm not as good at, like, dictionary-based remembering stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I know um, on one podcast, she was, um, every episode, she had a TESD pick of the week. And she would right. she would have the number, the name, and then she would give a brief description of the episodes. In my mind, it doesn't get more OG than Groupie. Like, it, there is no such thing as a more OG ant. And not necessarily based on date or time, but just ants being ants. There's no more OG than Groupie. That's what I feel, she too. She was so many people's first follow. So many people got introduced to the ant hill through her because she followed them and they discovered all these people through her. She has probably been more of a conduit to the anthill than anybody else on Twitter. I feel that way too. Like I try I try to introduce people to the anthill whenever I can when I see new people, but she is way better at it than me. All right. Let's <laughs> see. There's one or two more and then there's some that people asked from let's see. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do you agree with horse being the opposite of car? Uh, in theory, I guess. Like, the thing that sucks and is tough with dyslexia is, say me and you were playing and somebody told me I have to say the opposite of car to you and I had to think of it in the moment, horse isn't a terrible answer in the moment. The only time it becomes terrible is when you realize the person had all the time they wanted to think about it before they gave the answer. And so that's when it's like, I don't know. If you really reflect upon it, it they don't really make that much sense. But the idea, the way the show was supposed to originally be done is that you have to think of the opposite real quickly in the moment. Mm-hmm. And in that case, a horse wouldn't be that bad of an answer. But I don't know. It's not the opposite of car. It just isn't. I mean, I, I know how they got there because horsepower, and, but that's not doesn't seem like an opposite. I remember at one point sure, they said to... they went on a website that was specifically like an opposite website. What's the opposite of this? Sure, but, like antonyms or yeah, something? but... I, man, I've. I would be nice to say that I got two percent of the answers correct on any of them. Oh yeah, I got a handful of them. Uh, some of them I think were clearly designed to be almost ungettable, 
But the ones that, if they actually did make reasonable sense, I got them. Uh, but th- there were some that were just way, way out there. Right. I think it was Halloween was the one that I did. Happy Halloween. The overdose sad or something like that. Overdose full yeah, sad. Yeah, whatever, yeah. That's the only one that I guessed, but I, I got there because I was behind. I don't know if it was... Yeah, sometimes when it gets to the point where it's like you have to think of the wrong word then mispronounce that wrong word and spell it wrong and you've got right. it the only thing that i really it just seemed to me like it was just walt and get him trolling brian and q i mean just of course to see of him course. see steam come out of their their ears and shit i mean yeah but i mean it was 100 percent because the game was not originally designed that way the game was originally designed to be where like brian and q would play on a team and Brian has to think of the opposite word to tell Q was the original design of the game, but obviously they found out it was much funnier to have uh, Walt and get him just troll them. I mean, it was I was on Brian and Q's side because I was like I was so frustrated trying to figure it out. Well, I I didn't want to mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it either because at first I was thinking you know like on this podcast that I was going to try to do that with like every maybe have every ant come on and it be a two part episode. And then have the first part, we do the normal talking like we're doing now and everything. And then at the end of it, I would ask a one true three. And then between that mm-hmm. one and the next one, we could have the ants guess on Twitter and stuff which one they would is. And maybe whoever um, whoever won, all the, mm-hmm. all the correct answers, you know, I would do a drawing and maybe send out something. But I'm so strapped, I can't even freaking afford like two dollars for shipping and stuff right now so i mean i i do have one true threes are tough well i also it's in the house now as soon as i get the the gumption or the whatever motivation together i actually bought roll to roll if i if i could get a couple a couple people together that would be cool yeah i have a copy of roll to roll down in the, the shrine i just have to try to figure out if I'm if I'm up to editing five different tracks, because mm. I, I yeah, find I've done it before. I've done seven at one time for like a wow. Welcome to the Alamo Christmas. Like I was still married then, so it was at least five years ago. Um, wow! But I found I can match everybody up, but then my track is always off by a little bit. So after about hmm. ten or fifteen minutes, I have to turn my my track up all the way. And then I can hear people talking through my earbuds, and I match myself back up. Because if you let it go for too long, even a point, you know, even a half a second after ten or fifteen minutes, it starts. You can tell that something's something's right. off. So that's why it's been taking me a while. Some lately, because you know I haven't been podcasting or editing for about a year, and I'm trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. do it again. <clears throat> I gotcha. It seems like it, matching up wouldn't. It feels like that wouldn't be the harder part. It would be the sheer amount of work to, like, everybody who isn't talking, keep yeah, killing any little yeah. background noises or sounds. The amount of selecting and muting would seem like it would just get crazy after yeah. a while. Well, I... Although I guess you could maybe presumably move the person who's talking up to the top of the track and then select it downward, everybody else, all at the same time, and mute everybody else, maybe. Oof. No, I don't... Uh, let's see, what do I do? Yeah. Like, I, I don't really do any, the background muting and stuff. What I'll just do is I'll hit it through the uh, noise reduction after the fact. 
Mm. So all the if anything happens a lot, like if it's just one or two ticks or coughs or something, yeah. If it's real loud, mm-hmm. yeah. But if if it's minor, I don't I don't mess with it. But and and a lot of times you will hear ums and stuff like that. But if you actually hear some ums, that means that I've edited out a lot and I just missed a couple of them. You mm-hmm. know, I mean. Well, it's it's also tough sometimes if the um is directly connected to another word. Right. It's harder to cut it because it's going to sound cut versus right. if it's one of those um, and then a space between what they're saying, you yeah. take it right out. Yeah, that's that's cool. You're an editor too. I, I should have <laughs> jotted some notes down so I could ask you questions about that. Dude, I, mean, I tell you what, I came close to naming the first episode "Like Says Smod Fan," like the um, "Right Says Ming," because I realized how much right. I say "like." Man, I say "like" a lot. Yeah, I, I might have edited out, or I might have left it in. I was doing the right, right thing, and I think well, Luke, the worst part Luke is like. Out. With like, you can't edit it out because you only ever use like in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. It's I don't like ever this, use this, it this. in a spaced out space. Yeah. Huh. So I've been trying. You'll be able to tell me if I did it properly. I've been trying this in this recording to not use like as much as I can. And that, that doesn't even register like. So I, I've probably said it a hundred times and never even realized it. The only thing that kind of registers to me is the ums. And mm-hmm. now... Um, see, I did it just now. And I almost said, um, one more time. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just want to say, um, a lot. I noticed ums and tongue clicks when you're about to start talking. I did that a lot where like I would stand away from the mic when I'm not talking to make sure breath and stuff like that doesn't go in. But when I get ready to talk, I would get right up to it and do one of those kind of like tongue clicks when you get ready to start and it sounds awful. Huh? Well, yeah, you have better equipment than I do. I just have, uh. It's called a, it's a blue mic, but it's called a snowball. It's on a yeah, little, I've heard of those. it's, it's a good mic. It's a USB mic. It's one of the blue is a good brand blue and sure. And I forgot who recommended the blue. I think it was Ming that recommended this because you can set it for like groups and single, but I sit about hmm. two feet away from it. But my, my problem is, uh, I, I find out that I, I rub my hands a lot. And because it's right yeah. in front of the fucking mic while I'm talking, it picks mm. up. Like I can hear that in between and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, this little chair, I'm, I have, <laughs> I have a very very crazy rig. I'm, <laughs> my computer is stuck in a corner, and and you can't you can't hear it, but it's like a three foot tall tower, and it's very loud. Oh my god, it's loud. Mm. Sounds like a jet engine. But I'm sitting on my daughter's. It was like a preschool chair, one of those really hard wooden chairs. Oh, yeah. So this isn't, it's not set up for comfort in here. Because, mm. you know, she's got a lot of toys. And I have the shrine and the her, the living room is her playroom. And the dining room is my living room, pretty much. So, like, it's got doll houses. And that's the reason, that's the reason why I was hesitant to, to post pictures of the new shrine since I put it all up. Because... Mm-hmm. It's literally like a wall of tell them Steve Dave with like Barbie dream houses and shit all behind <laughs> shit. I'm like, yeah. My mom came in. She's like, oh man, this is great. This would be great for for your daughter. Uh, you know, but you're never gonna get a woman. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I get every now and then. It's rare that I would ever have anybody at my house to begin with, but especially in the basement where I have my shrine. But I have had a couple where the lock down and look kind of like 
Where's the Where's the exit to this place? How do I get back out of here if I need to? Like, what the hell is this? Uh, it's it's my it's my my pleasure my pleasure dungeon. It it definitely has the appeal of like this is what a psycho's wall looks like. This is not a normal person's wall. Right. Oh no. But I've seen man, you've got some pretty fucking awesome. Okay, I think that actually segues into the question. Uh, okay, so we got all those down. Now we're looking for actual Twitter questions here. Someone asked a question about about your shrine. Hmm. What What is your favorite TESD related item in your collection? My favorite item in the collection. That was from Eric Mason. It it would almost have to be. Ah, oh, Lord, there's two. The elephant head. I, I really, the elephant head's awesome. Um, but there's two that I really, really always juggle between, which is the original art for Vinyl Cast Two. Oh yeah. And the hardcover Making Hay book, because oh. both are like almost one of a kind. The Making Hay, the hardcover, it's not one of a kind, but there's only a few. But obviously, the the original artwork for Vinyl Cast Two, that's one of a kind, and. The artwork for Vinyl Cast 2 was literally just no preamble at all. It just showed up. It just up showed one up. Day. Yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. Because I assume what happened is Walt was like, you know what, I need to make sure this goes somewhere so it doesn't just sit in my house. So I need to give it to somebody. And, well, hey, there's that guy that has the shrine that I've seen, so he'll put it up somewhere good. And so it just showed up one day. And. The making so that one makes it really high up there because it's one of a kind and yeah. it's just a gift. Yeah. The making hay book though, even though it's not one of a kind, it has such a big story attached to it. Where that was when I visited the stash that first time, I mentioned to Walt that one of the only things I I've never been able to find is one of those making hay books, and he had to get my address anyways because he was shipping back my vinyl cast. I left my vinyl cast up there so he could get it signed by everybody. Yeah, I did that too. And he had my address anyways and when he sent my vinyl cast back he's like oh by the way i included an extra goodie in there for you and i came to learn he literally made an order for making hay books like he called the people and made a new order for books so that he could get me one of them and then he ordered i think five of them and he gave the other four away to that um callback jizz fest the um, right right right. dollar shave audiobook those were prizes in that thing he gave away the other ones but to make sure that I had one in my collection, he like called up and made a new order for books, and it, it blew my yeah, mind. Yeah, that's pretty so awesome. It's it's hard not to say that one. I mean, how could you really have one that tops right. that? That actually. But then you get the original artwork for Metal Cast Two, and it's like, well, goddamn it, how can you have something that tops that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, any of the one of a kind stuff is pretty fucking awesome. But that was that actually reminded me that I didn't. I, I brought up the shoes. Because I was oh, yeah, thinking yeah. about um, when I was there that week that I was there that day that I stayed there all day. I meant to. It brought me back to it. Sorry, um, Walt actually offered me the shoes out of the case because oh, I really? told him the story. I was like, "Man, I was next in line. I was this close to getting them ant shoes, man. I was this close." Wow. And, and he That's was like, awesome. "What size shoe you wear?" I'm like, "12. Why?" <laughs> I was like, "12. Why?" He was like, "Oh, they're size tens." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "He's like, you could have those." And I was like. Those shoes, man. No, uh-uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Even if I was only size ten, I wouldn't do that, man. That belongs there. And he he smiled wow. and nodded. <laughs> I was like, dude, no Maybe way. 
one of my favorite emails I've ever gotten from anybody in the world was just, I got a random, and Walt always does a Y-E-R if he types out your, I just got an email that just says, what's your address? And it's like, oh shit. My heart stopped. What happened? Something's happening. Yeah, that's really awesome. Talking about the display case at the stash, it brings up one of the... um, one of the cooler times ever in my history of being an ant. Your is, Halloween costume is up there, isn't yeah, it? Making that Halloween costume. It was a lot of fun to make, and I just showed it to Walt as like, hey, look at this cool thing. And yeah, he asked if I could send it in there so he could display it. And it's been probably three, four years now that that thing's been on display at the stash. It, it's unbelievable. It was there. I don't know if it was there the first time I went. But it was definitely there the second time I was there. If Mark was there, it wouldn't have been there. It okay. was post-Mark. Okay. Then, yeah. I, but I, I did, because I, I wasn't there as much the second time, because I was having mm-hmm. issues, you know, with the X and stuff, so I was really only able to just drive there. I was on the road longer than my feet were on the ground in Red Bank. Hmm. Um, Mike... Was it... Was it you that had, I know somebody that went up there that had a ton of car troubles the time they went up there, like their car got destroyed or something in water? Oh, no, that wasn't wasn't me. I think that might have been, God, I have a hard time remembering his name. I haven't seen it in a while. Pace? Pacer? Pace? You may be right. I just remember thinking how awful that must have been that, I guess I'm mixing that up with you saying you had uh, issues the time you went up there. Yeah. No, not car stuff, thankfully. But I, I realized that uh, I must have had a higher power watching me or something because the whole way there, I'm smoking. The <laughs> whole way back, I'm smoking. Different states, Mississippi license plate, bad tags. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty lucky. <laughs> and I'm driving all over the place. High as hell. The only the only wow. part that I didn't was the morning when I woke up to go to be on the show because I didn't want to be all... I wanted to not be cut. Because some people, mm, I gotcha. I sure. think who was it? Somebody that we talked to. It might have even been Frank Five. Said that he did a transaction on the show, but it got cut. Mm, I gotcha. I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot. They they only can only do so much. The only thing, well, not the only thing. It was like I was walking in a bizarro world, seeing backstage to all that stuff. It was really crazy. Mm-hmm. The the one thing though that it kind of they kind of even trumped the experience of being there was that some of the crew, like some of the, told me that they had heard the episode of Always Been on Geek where we did a a tribute to Mark and they wanted to come and meet me because they thought that that was really awesome. Mm. Yeah, that was a good show. And I was like, wow, that's, okay, well, that's cool. It encouraged me, it really did. (laughs) Because, I mean, the reason why I started both of the podcasts, this one and that one, was pretty much like the reason why Brian started to distract him from his demons and sure, I don't feel sure. like I have it as bad as he did back then, but I mm-hmm. mean, I'm there. So, I, and that's the reason why I don't, it's hard on this cause I'm responsible to keep this going and try to be steady and regular with the podcast. But it's like some days, man, I don't, I know I should get up and edit or I should record or but I just am like, man, I, I don't want to, I'm sorry, which sucks. Sure. You know, you can't, if you're not reliable, you're never going to grow. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen mm-hmm. cause that was like the what say you issues and like the last uh, anniversary we had with always bet on geek one or two of the people when they called in to wish us happy anniversary actually busted our balls because we didn't put episodes out or something like that 
Oh yeah. It was funny, but uh, it was still like there's always a little bit of truth in all the. <laughs> so. Sure. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I mean, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm back in the the folk in the in the mode. So if I can, I'm gonna try to start doing it regularly. Like I, I, I thought you. about doing one every other week, like this one, and then always been on geek, and then this one, and try to go back and forth. I don't know. Sure, it makes sense. I'll, I'll try. I'm just having issues. I need co-hosts for Always Bet on Geek and stuff too. So, mm. um, okay. Another Twitter question. Uh, the Iza says, "What is the real opposite of car?" The real opposite of car. Yeah. I, I should have asked this one when I, we were on the subject. I when we did the horse, I didn't movie. realize it. So if I had to think about it, I would say you have to start by defining what car. I would say to me, cars represent like being able to be on the open road, being able to do whatever you want. So the opposite of that would seem like being grounded almost, like where you can't go out and do stuff. So as weird as it would seem, I would almost feel like grounded would be the opposite. Like you can't go and do anything versus having freedom to do whatever you want. You're on the open road. I feel like that's what the car has always represented to me. Okay. So some some sort of either being grounded or being uh, held in place somehow. Okay. Yeah, because as you were saying it like that, to me, I think um, I always thought you know like wheels, road, land. I would yeah. think the opposite of land would be the sky. So I would always I think I would probably always say plane. Mm-hmm. But that would probably make more sense because when you think about it, I don't know. If you were trying to reverse it the other way, and somebody said grounded, not in a million fucking years would you say car. That's true. Versus if somebody said plane, it's possible that somebody would say car is an opposite of that. So it's probably a better opposite than mine. Well, I mean, it, you can. I can see. I can even see Walton Giddem's point of view. I can understand what you're saying too. So it just really is all just a, mm-hmm. the perspective. Because you could also maybe. I think I've heard someone say boat. Because that's like a different type of travel that's kind of opposite than land travel. Kind of. I mean, I can see it, it, but... If you were trying to play genuinely, I think the big thing would be not what truly is the opposite, but the the word that you give them, making sure that it's logical that they would reverse that and get car, Mm -hmm. would be more important. And I think horse is where that falls apart, because I don't think anybody's going to try to reverse horse and come up with car. Like, if I asked you, what's the opposite of horse... I don't think anybody would ever say it car. It would be another animal, probably. I'd probably try to figure right. out. I think generally you try to think, when somebody says like the opposite of cat, you try to think of another animal that is the opposite of cat, not like an inanimate object. Right, right. You'd say mouse or dog or something like that. So if you said the opposite of horse, yeah, it seems unlikely somebody would say Donkey. car. <laughs> but if you said boat or if you said plane, it, it seems entirely possible that somebody would eventually get to car. Maybe. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I suck with that stuff so bad. Uh, Honestly, but I've been asking that question now for, somebody for to... a minute now. So, because mm-hmm. I've only been doing. If you Sorry, wanted man. somebody to get it, I feel like the easiest would probably literally be just to say truck. What's the opposite of a truck? And somebody would probably say car. Yeah, yeah. Because generally, those are like the two, um, the two poles. Yeah. What do you, you got? Know, a car or a on truck? On one side, you have trucks. Yeah. Oh, wait, cat. Driving me crazy. I'm sitting in the floor in front of the computer. They're like, you're never over here. You're in the floor. Pet me. <laughs> Let's see. Luke has sent a couple of them in. 
What has been the toughest or most or possibly the most rewarding platinum that you have received? Mm. Um, the toughest would it toughest and most rewarding kind of go hand in hand would probably have to be uh, Metal Gear Solid Four because it requires I'm using memory here, but I think it requires eight playthroughs of the game. Whoa! And one of the playthroughs you have to do it on the hardest difficulty available without ever being seen, ever killing anybody, ever using a single recovery item, or saving the game. Uh, or sorry, continuing the game. So it's ludicrously hard to do. Basically, anytime you get seen, anytime you accidentally kill somebody, you had to quit the game, like close the application and restart the game in order to continue your streak. That's, so, that's, needless to say, it was very ridiculous, hard. ridiculous, man. <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah it was ridiculously hard and uh so that was pretty rewarding wow yeah there's ones that's that have like... taken longer like there's games that have taken five six hundred hours but that's not struggling the whole time it's having fun and right playing the right game. right yeah the metal gear one was a lot of struggle it was really hard do you go through games just to try to bust ass and beat them or do you do all the side quests and explore and stuff like that uh, I always do side quests and explore. I mean, that that's kind of the whole mentality of being a platinum hunter is you like to do everything the game has to yeah, offer. Yeah, that's the way I am. So I always try to complete, do all side quests, which for some games makes the game harder. Like, not harder as in harder to beat, but not as fun. I feel like there are games like Skyrim even where, don't Ugh. get me wrong, it's a great game, but you can get so bogged down in side quests, it almost makes you start feeling anxious yeah. Because you go to turn one quest in, and now all of a sudden you have four more. Yeah, no, I, yeah, sci fucking shit. I just and uh, you get to, you get to the point where you don't remember what's going on in the story at all because you're delivering chickens for people all day long. You're doing like weird nonsense yeah. side quests, and then eventually after, and then you get frustrated and put it down for like a month or something, and then then you're like, mm -hmm. well, damn, I might as well start over now. <laughs> start over yeah. from the beginning. If I were ever to suggest for somebody to play Skyrim, because somebody's asked me before. It's a fucking I would great say, game, man. There's yeah, so much I would to say it. you need to play it twice, though. You need to play it and only do the story. Just do that. Play it once. It's going to take you maybe like 30 or 40 hours. Yeah. And then go back and play it just wandering around, doing whatever the right. hell you want. Get your and money, get buy all the houses, upgrade game. all the stuff, yeah. do the... It'll feel yeah. like a completely different game. You'll get a totally different experience out of it. But if you try to do them both at the same time, you're probably not going to have as good of a time. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, I've really what I do is I'll do, like, one main section of the story, like one quest, and then I'll do all the side quests. And then I'll mm -hmm. progress the main plot a little bit, and then I'll do all the side quests. You know, because, mm -hmm. like, every town that you go to, there's a whole bunch of quests that come along with that town. And it's like... right. You know, the Riften, you do the Thieves Guild and all that crap, which leads and to another place, which leads to the Assassin's Guild, which leads to... It's mm -hmm. like, holy crap. And then there's some, like when you join groups like the uh, the Assassin's Guild, I forget what they're called, um, the Black Hand or something, um, mm -hmm. the, the champions in the first town you show up in, well, right. first city in that town, uh, there's never-ending quests. You're, it's always oh, yeah. on your oh, thing, yeah. talk to so-and-so. And they'll give you another job. You'll go out and fight mm -hmm. bandits, and and that's what makes it hard when you're a completionist. Yeah, it drives me crazy. Like, God damn it! They and then there's end. sometimes the hydra of quests. And the worst part is when they give you a quest, and then you do a main, you do like a main quest, like part of the quest, and then that 
is over. You can't find the guy. And it's always mm-hmm. on your list. And you can never take it off the list. Like mm-hmm. when one of your, the dude accidentally, a dragon attacks the town right before you talk to the guy. And the guy dies or some shit. And it's like, fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one, um, talk to so-and-so's family. Tell them that he's okay or some shit. And when I hit the, the quest locator, it's nowhere to be found here or in mm-hmm. the other the other island because like i just started playing it again i bought it again for the xbox i think 360 when i first moved into this new apartment and it, i had never had any downloadable content so i oh, got yeah. to play all the extra stuff and it was like almost like playing it over again the uh the werewolf hunters and the the <laughs> vampire oh, this yeah, yeah. and the oh, man the shit was great it was like playing the game for the first time again man mm-hmm. it's fucking yeah that game had some good dlc stuff to it and uh, the other game that I got lost in for years, maybe two, was Red Dead 1. Oh, I haven't yeah. played 2 yet. Game. I just got the Xbox One, and I only have one game for it, and that's Minecraft. I think Red Dead 1 did the side missions a lot better, where it wasn't quite as like impossible to do all the side missions. It was a little bit more manageable, um, but that game was a lot I'd, of fun. Yeah, I'd, I got most of them. I think there was a couple of them. Because I didn't realize, you know, because after the end, the end, that game hurt my feelings, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not really spoilers if you don't want to know what happens at the end of Red Dead Redemption. Stop listening. One. Right. One. <clears throat> uh, However long ago, probably 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. The fucking dude gets gunned down by the cops that sent him there to do this stuff in the first place. And then you get to play as his son, like, 18 years later whatever and then you can finish doing all the achievements and finding all the plants and taking you know that was the only thing that i i didn't i I think was the only thing that i didn't do was finding all the plants and all the areas Mm. because you could find all the plants but then until it was actually unlocked in your your quest then it didn't count because you know one level one or two or whatever you would have to find x amount of these and x amount of these mm-hmm. in this territory it's like well i just yeah. did that well there was a lot of those in that game it's like i enjoyed it like I, there would be sometimes uh when i got the suit i would have just a whole week where i just go in there and play poker <laughs> hmm. i had a uh, red dead one was one of those games for a trophy hunter that had some of the worst stuff in it because it had online trophies it required you to play it a lot, and it required you to do some really pretty tough things in the online. Remember one of the trophies was something along the lines of, like, you had to shoot but not kill and have somebody else kill, hmm. like, five people in one round, which means you have to, like, wing, like, five people in one round, and it was so hard to actually get that because, for starters, you have to make sure you don't accidentally kill the person, and then somebody else on your team has to actually kill them. Jeez. It's a... There were some that were really tough. For it always annoys yeah. me because it's like, for what is effectively that, a single player game. That's impressive. But, hey, you're I still not got them. Smod fanatic, you're a, <laughs> a trophy fan too. <laughs> yeah, fanatic right. in general. I feel like man, I, I, uh, I did Red Dead Online once, and I think it was probably past when you really needed to. It was a couple several years after the game had been out, and um. It was like you could see everybody on the map, and as soon as I showed up in the middle of town, mm-hmm. I looked at the map, and it was just icons just converging on me, and they just fucking shot the shit out. 
I logged in like five or six times and I got killed within 10 seconds. And I was like, yeah, I'll just go back to single player. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. That'll happen. That'll happen. That's generally the way it goes with any game after it's right. passed its no, prime. Hey, I'm, and I didn't realize it until a couple of years ago, but it's in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the first MMO. Uh, I'm an old school Ultima Online player. So I, I know all about PvP, and that's why I didn't get into mm. online video yeah, I've heard games. A lot about that. Because Ultima Online just completely destroyed my will as far as that kind of stuff goes. I mean, I got used to it, and I was able to get into it with them mm-hmm. and play. And I played Ultima Online for fucking 10 years. If my computer would would actually uh, run it, I'd, I'd fucking I'd still play Ultima. That game was awesome. I played uh, WoW for right, two years wow. maybe and i played final fantasy 14 for a few years i had to give up those games though because they they took too much out of me Consu- all it, consuming yeah well yeah i mean it would get to the point where we would say i'd have a raid group that raids three days a week which means now after i come home from work like i am inaccessible like my yeah. wife can't talk to me for three days out of the week it yeah. gets to the point where it's just too much it takes too much of your time yeah <laughs> i understand I have specifically avoided WoW, and I still, this whole time I have, because uh, after, and I never played it, the EverQuest came out after Ultima, and they called mm-hmm. it Evercrack, because it was kind yep. of a mix. It had better graphics, but it was similar. Similar. I did get into DDO, Dungeons & Dragons Online, which was kind of mm-hmm. like EverQuest. Never played that one. It was free for a while. It's free, you can play it, but then if you want to do... You know, all the levels you have to subscribe to it, which is like ten bucks a month or something. But I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Um, but then there was uh, Diablo. Ooh, man, Diablo had me for a while too. And then Diablo too, because we hated online. My friend convinced his parents to set up a LAN in his garage, nice. and there was uh, five on. There was ten computers in there, and man. I, we got lost. I like ended up getting fired from my job at the time. <laughs> I mean, I was there. With the, it was like a con. You open the garage door and the smell of bo hits you, and it was <laughs> it was awful, but great at the same time. You didn't want to go in there, just grab a slice of pizza and sit down. Hopefully, you're not taking someone's seat because it's probably wet from sweat and shit. It was nasty, but it was great. Anyway, so I avoided wow. <laughs> Yeah, long, long story right. short. Long wow was very addictive. <laughs> wow was one of the more addictive ones back then because most of the games back then required you to be in parties and stuff. Mm. But wow, you could do almost you could get almost everything in the game up until of course raids at higher levels. Right, you right. could do solo. So it allowed you to invest even more time than normal. You never had to do the like spending half your day searching for a party kind of stuff. You could just uh... immediately start playing. Yeah, I've never played a game really with parties and stuff. I don't, like I said, after really online just kind of, I mean, Ultima just kind of killed me for any real co-op stuff. Unless it's, unless you're on the same console as me or something like that. But that's not, that's not the same. Yeah, I loved, I love doing the group stuff like in Final Fantasy fourteen, doing raiding. I, I freaking loved it because it was really hard. For whatever reason, in Final Fantasy XIV, they decided not to make things easily accessible for everybody. 
the the higher level content was it got to the point where probably half the people that played the game didn't even try it because it was just too hard mm. and i really enjoyed that like i'm a perfectionist so right. when you tell me it, we're gonna have a 15 minute battle that if any one of the six people messes up slightly everybody dies i'm a fan of that yeah i mean i i saw a couple of my friends play well and they're like we've been sitting here we're waiting for our turn i'm like what are you talking about he's like the dude spawns every 15 minutes or whatever and then this oh, this yeah, group yeah, is going to fight that. it and then this group is going to fight it and then it's our turn but it, nobody really waits their turn and this and this and blah 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 and i'm like uh he's, how long have you been waiting about an hour <laughs> I'm like, jesus dude <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> or you know they would he would get the, the his group would get the rotation and the item they were looking for. Somebody else got it, so he had to wait. So they had to wait until everybody in the group got the item that they were spawned they wanted. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah. that, I understand. Oh yeah, there, there's a crazy. whole economy there. The whole like DKP what people would use, where like every time you show up to a raid, you get a certain amount of points, and then it... if you turn the volume all the way off. Yeah, I was about to say, can I play Minecraft on it? But can I turn off the volume all the way off? Yeah, you can play Minecraft. Just turn the sound off, so. Lucky two for me. We were actually talking about Minecraft a minute ago. Really? For what? Because he likes Minecraft too. Okay, go in there. <laughs> okay, let's see. And that's really when you can notice the editing points. Whenever somebody answers mm -hmm. a question, then I just go straight to another question. So, sometimes <laughs> it it sounds okay, but sometimes in my... I guess maybe because I know where a lot of the, the edit spots are. Yeah, you definitely... It feels like it's more noticeable if you know where they are, but most of the time, if, if you're a listener, you're not going to notice. That'd be nice. Okay, let's see. Luke also asks... He has a couple of them. So, you've made quite a quite a few cool things for the the anthill what has been your favorite it would have to be probably the cards the trading cards not the uh, not the baseball cards which the baseball cards were awesome to make but the trading cards the magic the thing. magic the gathering cards correct uh, yeah, because like those that. came out of nowhere it, it was actually making that ant costume I needed to make that Quinn Joker card that goes in the brim of the army helmet oh yeah so, so that I was part get, of it. Yeah, I wanted to get that custom made, and the website I looked at, you had to make 18 cards in a pack. You couldn't make just one. So uh, I was like, well, what should I do for the other 17 cards? And I had asked people, and then I thought on Twitter, I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be cool to have some, like, TESD magic cards? So I just made them up for myself, these cheapo little I, – I didn't spend any time on them, really. I just grabbed some images off Google yeah. and slapped them on there. And thinking like, oh my god, this is dumb, and people are gonna think this is dumb, but I'm gonna enjoy them. And it got a lot of it. Like a lot of people liked it and said that they they thought it was really cool. Like, oh my god, I need to have some. Man, if you would have so, if you would have sold them, you would have got rich off that dude. So I made <laughs> everybody up, got them things. I made up like uh, uh, maybe a hundred cards, whatever the the set was. It cost. It didn't cost that much, maybe like 30 or 40 bucks, and I made them up, and I just started giving them out to people, anybody that yeah. wanted one. And I would find ways to do it where it's like, say, tell them Steve Dave is trying to push some product. I would say, hey, if you go and do this for tell them Steve Dave and send me a DM, DM of it, I'll give you a free card, trying to help them okay. out with whatever okay. way I could. But it got to the point where I was like, I probably sent like close to a 1,000 cards out to people over, over the oh, course of time. Geez. 
So eventually, I, I asked. You sent me one or two. I asked uh, Brian. I, mean, I, I bought them all too, though. Mm-hmm. So eventually, I just asked Brian. I was like, "Hey, people really seem to like these. Would you guys mind if I made them available to people, so the people would have to buy them?" But I set it to where I don't make any money off of them. And he's like, "Hey, as long as there's a demand for it, go ahead." And so I made that first set available. But it always kind of irked me that that first set was just crap that I had made through downloading Google Images and crap. So right. I really wanted to do a better set, do it the real way, you know? Right. So I had commissioned a couple ant artists, including Phil Will. Oh, nice. So it was, it was Phil Will, it was Amy De La Cat. I don't know what she goes by now. Yeah. And what is it? I have something of hers on the wall, too. Uh, Harris Khan, Harris Animator on Twitter, the guy who did, um, oh, God, why am I spacing it? TSD TV. Oh, right, right. He did all the animations for that. He I, did some. I'm noticing that I'm saying right a whole lot now. Right, 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 right. Right, right, yeah. And then the Chundertoons guy, I think he did one or two. And so I had them all commissioned to make them, and we did these really cool set, and that's volume number two. And I don't think I'll ever oh, do more than that. Okay, because yeah. I never wanted it to be like a repetitive thing. I only wanted to do volume two because I felt like volume one was skimping. It was kind of the lower quality version of it, so right. I wanted to do it right. But any more than that feels like it would be taking too many bites at the same apple. Well, I mean, there's still a... <laughs> I guess you would understand it. The completionist in me, I'd like to see some of the... For you to fill out the whole TESD roster. Sure. There's still, yeah, there's a, definitely there, some there's people... still a few people. Yeah, there's definitely people that deserve to have cards that just... I never made it around to it. I, I was trying to focus on this second set i didn't want it to be all people mm-hmm. but i didn't want it to be all like actions i wanted it to be a good mixture of some people and some things that are you know known things from the show like hot buttons right right see i'm doing it again right 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 right, right. <laughs> i can't help it <laughs> oh no so yeah there, there's definitely that that aspect is there for volume three but to me that isn't enough to make it make sense to me because Volume 1, there was a reason for it. Volume 2, there was a solid reason. Volume 3, the only existing reason would be, like, here's more. To finish and to me, set. that really isn't that really isn't enough of a reason. Well, and then how can you really finish it? Because then if a new person comes on the show, oh, crap, here comes Volume 4 because a new person just came on. Sure, man, that's the way they do it. Uh, especially now with Patreon, I, as much as is humanly possible, don't want to draw people's attention away from Patreon. Mm. So if there's somebody that can only afford one or the other, I would never want them to buy my cards instead of going to Patreon. I can see that. All right. Let's see. If you were a dog, what kind of dog would you be? This is this is also <laughs> from Luke. There's one more after uh, this. I mean, I don't know that I have a specific <laughs> dog that I could think of. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Uh, I mean, I like dogs just fine, but I don't have any right now. We have uh, two cats, just because cats are easier. You don't need to make accommodations, really. You don't have to have a fence or any of the the kind of things you have to do with dogs. Just the litter box. Uh, I mean, I guess it would just be whatever dogs are smart and trainable. What are Jack Russells or something are supposed to be pretty smart, and you could train them to do a lot. Okay. I don't. I don't have a good. Yeah, answer I don't know. For that, that's, I guess. that's not something you can prep for. <laughs> um. Remove one from existence. Physical pain or crime? Physical pain or crime? Hmm. Uh, I guess crime. 
because physical pain isn't necessarily a bad thing. In fact, removing physical pain would be pretty bad for a lot of people because pain is explicitly exists to let you know something, yeah. to let you know that it's like, oh, stop doing this thing. So that probably wouldn't be great to remove. In fact, didn't they do a joke on that on Rick and Morty where the one guy is blind and doesn't feel pain, so he's, like, catching on fire and he can't tell that he's dying because he can't feel pain? <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen a few episodes of that, too. That's... Oh, that's such a great show. I think yeah, it was man, the, the, so many people the guy's name that. was, like, Ants in My Eyes Johnson or something where it's just, like, he has ants all in his eyes so he can't see or feel pain. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's one that they always talk about in uh, BoJack Horseman. I never saw any of that either. I've watched three or four seasons of BoJack, and I just need to catch back up on it. It's not because I didn't like the show. It was just there was a lot of content, and I haven't caught all the way up on it. Well, if you watch three or four seasons, you definitely didn't not like it. No, it's a great show. Um, I feel like BoJack is one. It just requires attention, and uh, I kept like watching an episode and realizing I was only half paying attention, and it. You know, you kind of need to be paying attention with that show. I feel like, at least. Right. I need to. I need to get another word. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's right. Right, right. 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 Ever since I said it, now I'm just. I, I stopped thinking about uh, and now I'm just thinking about right. Mm-hmm. I got issues. I wonder how long it takes before people get tired of it and stop listening to this podcast <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. That, that guy that host guy I don't, I don't like him he's fucking retarded okay uh let's see i think that's all the questions oh no wait there was one more there was an anonymous one that came through Ooh. Uh, do, 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 where is it his name is smod fan but his focus is tesd why what makes TESD special? Well, by God, there's three people that make TESD special. Uh, but beside that, the Smod fan came from when I made my Twitter account. I actually hadn't started listening to Tell Him Steve Dave yet. I was just listening to Smodcast primarily back then. And they put out a call for if you want Smodcast to come to your town to do a show, message or tweet so-and-so on Twitter so I created an account so that I could do that. I could tweet, hey, come to Atlanta or something. Gotcha. And then I, ne- I never really used the account past that. And then when I started listening to Tell Him Steve Dave, uh, Brian used to react, like talk a lot to ants on Twitter. So I started getting on Twitter to see what was going on there. It kind of got to the point where it feels like if you weren't on Twitter, you were missing out on part of Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah, that's the reason why I ended up getting in on no. it. But I didn't want to make a new name, so I just started using Smodfan. And now it's gotten to the point where I've used it for so long, I can't get rid of it. That's, yeah, that's exactly the thing with mine, because my name, it's fucking ridiculous for the most part, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and nobody can pronounce it unless they hear me say it out loud, and it's just like, if you want people to follow you and go to you and do this, you should make your name, you know, as easy as possible. Sure. So Yeah, I don't know, though. Having a unique name I, is I nice. Embraced it. I embrace it. can't and... really be confused with other things is nice. It's true nice and unique because i mean that's i said that on one of the episodes i've always been on geek and scooby doom busted my balls because i heard one time uh rick flair he was like i'm rick flair by god whatever if you don't know google me and i'm thinking (laughs) i said that on always been on geek because like if if you don't know where i'm at you know oh yeah just google me and and scoob when he came on i was like you fucking kidding me google you who the hell are you you know yeah i remember that well, I mean, it's unique. If you if you Google the name, you'll, you'll find everything mm-hmm. that's it's scary. Sure. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that would be the last question then. All right. And since we're working on 220. Yeah, it's been going a while. Would you like to tell people you plug anything or you got anything going on? Uh, no, not really. I mean, just listen to Tom Steve Dave. I don't, I don't really have anything of my own aside from all my normal stuff, the omnibus, the cards, all that kind of stuff. But oh yeah, it's nothing new. How do you, um, how do you get the cards and the omnibus? Because I've gotten the cards, but I don't know um, websites and stuff. You should just as as obvious as it can possibly be: tesdcards.com and tesdomnibus.com. Awesome. Okay. And the omnibus is every episode up to. Up to 400, I think, is when okay. I stopped it. Awesome. Is that including just... the, uh, what was it, 97 or 95? 94, Megacon Men, 194. Uh, 194. Yeah, that includes that. It was nice. kind of secretly included at first, but now Ming, just yesterday, actually, I think, he put it up on SoundCloud, so anybody can get it now. Okay. Wow, it took that long. I don't, I don't <laughs> think Ming, well, the thing is, I don't think Ming even realized what it was exactly because when he tweeted it he said hey look i just found this old con that we never posted i don't know that he remembered that it was an episode that got posted and then deleted because uh brian didn't want it on the yeah he i think brian was fine with it being out he just didn't think it really belonged on the tell him steve dave feed which i mean makes sense to me i guess It, it while they do have con shows on there sometimes i think brian said he wasn't even involved with posting it so it it would kind of be weird if you ran a podcast to just one day see a new show show up on your podcast. It'd be a yeah, little awkward. Right. And it was a better sh- it was a better show than Brian made it out to be. Brian made it out to be like it was an awful, really boring uh, show, but maybe whoever Ming, I guess, edited that show made it pretty interesting. It was a, it was a good show. Yeah, that was part of the thing that I really regretted about the second time I had to leave when I was on the show. I was supposed to stay two days, but because of personal issues i went ahead and left mm, after the first you. day i even paid for a hotel room for two days and ended up mm, that sucks well but mike had offered if i would have stayed the next day i could have set in on set in on or been on i sell comics and oh wow like, man that would have been freaking great but sure i was really needing to get home so yeah <clears throat> i should have freaking stayed that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay so you can find him at Smodfan on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us at Ant Farm Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to email us, it's tesdantfarmpod at gmail.com. Well, thanks very much for coming on, man. I'll, sometime I'd like to maybe have you come back on. Sure. Right now I do have... Actually, it's... Ex- it's exciting and it makes me nervous as hell because I get nervous every time right before I record. <laughs> I have a nice little list of folks. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sometime I would like to maybe, uh, and I then if it doesn't work out, I'll just pay somebody to edit it for me. But I think I can manage maybe getting three or four people on, maybe having some contests mm-hmm. or try and roll, roll, roll or something like that. That would be cool. Yeah, sure. That'd be cool. Awesome. Um, so once again this was the Ant Farm Podcast appreciate y'all listening and we'll see y'all in the Ant Hill see you everybody